Hey, good morning. Uh, you guys get to sit in the dark today. And, oh, okay, we're good. All right. Which would have been fine. You just would have slept. All right. It's good to have you here with us uh, this morning. We are excited. We've got um, a couple of special things happening today. So uh, if you're a guest with us, especially glad you're here with us and you came out a great week. We are starting into this series, Darren just said, called Home Improvements. I don't know if you remember. Now, it's going back a few. The show Home Improvement with Tim Allen. Anybody watch that? All right, several of you, and now with like Hulu and stuff, like my kids are watching it, you know. Uh, I remember um, growing up as a kid, uh, watching this show with our family, and we loved the show, we loved the character, and I think uh, one of the reasons why we loved that show was, I mean, it was funny, was funny because there were so many things in it that were very relatable. I think in, in, in a narrower, you know, um, definition, we could relate to those characters, um, some of the conversations and some of the things they went through in their home and in their relationships. And, and I th- think we, can, we relate to shows like that. There's this one that came out recently. Well, not recently. It's been a few years now. It was actually entitled, um, This Is Us. Anybody watch that one? And you just cried the whole time. We actually stopped watching it. My wife's like, I don't want to go to bed every night after watching this. It's like sad. And like, so we just stopped watching it. It was too much. All right. So This Is Us, all right? I mean, the title lends itself to, to the observation that this is kind of like us. Like we relate to shows like that because we still can somehow relate to uh, some of the tragedy, some of the, um, the struggles, the relationship issues, the laughter, right? And, 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 and the, that family's life. Now, unfortunately, uh, I don't, or fortunately, depending on how you see it, we don't have as many television shows that are on network television now that we can relate to. There's not as many. Over the last few years, our culture's kind of shifted to shows like The Bachelor, right? Or um, The Desperate Housewives of Orange County, or Big Brother, um, which is on like season 28 or something, I don't even know, um, or home renovation shows, right? And these shows have kind of taken the place of some of these relatable shows. And, and the more and more I think about it, like we can't relate to any of those shows at all. All right. I don't know about you, but my dating life when I was in college looked nothing like The Bachelor. All right. I don't know if yours did, and if so, congratulations. But mine didn't. I don't relate to that. Like that is pure fantasy. Um, and and I know, ladies, if you're a wife or you're a mom, I'm sure there are lots of moments in your day that you are very desperate. All right. You're desperate. All right. But it doesn't look anything like the ladies in Orange County, apparently. All right. I mean, my kids have um, flattered me to say that, hey, dad, you should, you should maybe try out for American Ninja Warrior. You ever seen that? Awesome show. No way. Like, I wouldn't make it past the first obstacle, all right? But I appreciate their confidence. And you and I probably wish our homes could look like something that Chip and Joanna Gaines could do. But when I watch that, I'm like, what the heck is shiplap? Like, how, how, what is that? And, and how do you do it? So I don't know. These things, these, they're fun to watch, right? But, but they don't, we can't relate to any of them, right? And then one of the things that I just love about God's word is that the, the, one of the things that, that helps me and my confidence that I can trust that what God says is true and applicable and real is that in the Bible, I read about families, I read about people that I can relate to. One of the reasons why I know that the Bible is, is accurate to my life, about, about my relationships, about God, about my relationship to God. One of the reasons I can trust it is because throughout the Old Testament 
and the New Testament, I see people who are just like me. I see people that I can relate to. Now, if the writers of the Bible wanted to write a, a, a religious book in order to lure you and me into a religious belief, certainly they would have written about these men or these women or these families that were like upstanding, right? That they would say, hey, if you could just be like this family, or if you could just be like this lady, or if you could just get your stuff together and be like, like this dude right here, then you will have become this person that God wants you to be. But it's not in there. You don't find that. There are no exemplary families in the Bible. There's no one for you and I to look at and say, man, if we could just be like them. If you want to read about some families in the Bible, you can be my guest. You'll find some that are wrapped up in murder plots, like extreme jealousy, deviant sexual stuff. They're liars, they're selfish, they're greedy. So you can read about some families in God's word, but you're not going to read about families that you'd say, if we could just model ours after them, then maybe we'd get all of our stuff together. All of them are broken. All of them are in need of grace. And I think that's the thing for you and me. It was for them. That life, family, our homes, that it falls apart when we think, we can do it better than God. The truth is, one of the reasons why we're doing this series over this next several weeks is that our families are under attack. We have an enemy that wants to steal and kill and destroy your home and your children and your grandkids and your future families and your relationships and your marriages. We have an enemy that wants to see you fail in all of those areas. Now, you may not believe that this morning. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you think, wow, that's like really overextended. And that's okay. But, but you understand, we all understand that we, our families are under attack because you know what you went through just to get here this morning. Can I get an amen? Right? I remember going to church with my family on Sunday morning, the worst morning of the week. All right, fighting, screaming, I'm not wearing that, I can't wear that, my hair looks horrible, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. Now, I've been coming to church by myself for like 18 years, my wife has to deal with that. But, but when I see them walk through the door, I can tell whether they've had that kind of morning or not. Our families are under attack, and you know that, like you know what your kids are going through, and you know that you don't know all the stuff that your kids are involved in. Like, you know the pitfalls that you have in your relationships. You know your family secrets, your, your hidden hurts, your hidden shame, your struggles. Like, there's some messed up stuff happening in our homes. Am I right? There's some messed up stuff. But here's something else that you don't find in the Bible. You don't see any exemplary families to model your family after. And you also never hear this phrase, it's too late for you. You never hear, it's too late for you. You never see the phrase. There's always hope, there's always forgiveness, and there are endless second chances. So this is our big idea today. It's printed on the front of your program because this is something that we here today get to claim for our homes. And it's choose today. Choose today today because it's not too late it's never too late to line up our homes with what god says is best and true 
great families, okay, we're going to be talking about great families today. Now, I'm going to use the word families and homes interchangeably, okay? So if you're single, if you're a teenager, if you're married, if you're divorced, if you're grandparents, whatever, okay, I'm going to use the word home and family interchangeably because we all know that families are made up of all kinds of different relationships, and so are our homes. So I'm going to use those interchangeably because I'm going to ask you to insert yourself in this place. Not all of the examples will fit for you today in this season of your life, but they may someday. So I'm going to ask you to lean in and pay attention. Great families do not happen by accident. Now, mediocre families, that happens by accident. No one ever grows up in a home and says, man, someday when I have my own place, someday when I'm married, someday when I'm out on my own, someday when I have kids, I really hope that we're just mediocre, right? Nobody says that. That happens on accident, right? Broken and messed up families. That happens by accident. No one dreams of watching their family fall apart and break apart, all right? Great families do not happen by accident. You have to fight for that. You have to be intentional about making your family, your home, great. And remember, if, we, if you believe, like I do, that we have an enemy that is attacking, you want to win. You want to win the fight. So you have to fight for it. All right? So God's word gives us a, a sort of playbook as to how to win in our homes and families. So this is good news. This is good news for us. So we're going to just hit a few here real quick this morning. The first one is this. Great families are playful. Right, and write that down. Write that because you're going to want to remember that because some of you have forgotten. All right. Great families are playful. Solomon, one of Israel's um, first kings and certainly the wisest king Israel had, he says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15. He says, so I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world. Right? Did you know God's word said that? Have fun. Right? That's what Solomon's saying. Great families play together. Now, I don't know what your family or what your home or how you grew up or what your plans are, right, to have fun together as your family. Mine, um, we just love watching movies together. All right? We, we love watching movies in our house. I have to make popcorn and we just sit down and we just enjoy a movie together. We love doing that. We love hiking. So my kids, now that they're older, like they can actually make it and without a lot of, a lot of complaining, all right? We, we love hiking. On a rare occasion, we love playing board games together. That's something that we enjoy doing, all right? Now also, you and I could say, yeah, my family loves playing too, all right? We love to play at softball practice, all right? We love to play Fortnite. We love to play on our iPhones. We love to play on the tablet. We even love to play each other in order to get what we want, right? That, so you understand, we play a lot, don't we? But great families have fun together. What about the real time? When, when is the last time that your family just played and hung out and had fun together? Maybe it was last night. I hope it was. One article I read this week said this said modern families enjoy just 38 minutes of quality time together on the average weekday. And I bet most of us could argue that that's not so untrue for our weekends as well. 38 minutes. In the New Testament of the Bible, if you fast forward past Solomon, 
Paul says this to Timothy. He says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our, what does it say? Enjoyment. So God's not about just like tying you to a pole. He gives you the things in your life to enjoy, to have fun with. God sees great value in you having fun with your family. But here's a caution. Be careful that you don't equate fun and enjoyment with busy. Okay? They're not the same. Don't fool yourself. I mean, when, you, when somebody asks you, so, you know, what did you do this weekend? Here are replies that you don't often hear. What did you do this weekend? Oh, we had a great family conversation just sitting around the living room, followed by a game of Monopoly, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed until we went to bed, right? Has, no one ever answers that way, right? What did you do this weekend? You never hear somebody say, oh, we had a great, slow, non-rush dinner, followed by no appointments, and we hung out and watched a movie together. It was great. Very rarely does anybody say that when you say, so what'd you guys have going on this weekend? No. Normally what you hear is, oh my gosh. Well, we had like three different places we had to be and only two people who could drive, and there was this game and that appointment, and, and I don't even know how we made it. In fact, just standing here talking to you, you're making me late for one of them, right? That's normally what our reply is for what you have going on this weekend, right? We try convincing ourselves that we had fun while we were running like crazy. But when you hear the replies and the tone, don't be deceived. In fact, we deceive ourselves because sometimes our reply reveals the truth about how much fun we enjoyed with our family that weekend. You've probably heard the phrase, Quality time is more important than quantity, right? Quality is more important than quantity. You know what I believe? I believe somebody that had a lot of guilt said that at some point. Somebody who had a lot of guilt said, well, it doesn't really matter how much your time. And like, oh, that's bull, all right? So let me just kind of rephrase that for you, that quantity means a lot, all right? Quantity means a heck of a lot. Quantity time, all right? Great families spend intentional time quality and quantity time playing together but this won't happen by accident so if you want your family to be great write that down great families play together all right here's the next one great families encourage growth right great families encourage growth everything that's alive grows right everything that is alive has to grow and we raise our kids and our families for example to see them grow so at some point, maybe you're a parent, right? If you're a parent, or maybe if you think you may be someday, right? You drop your kids off. Maybe you did it this morning. You'd walk them back into our kids' classroom, right? And you drop them off in the nursery or in the toddler room or in the pre-K room, and you said, go, right? And, and, and you're teaching them, go. You don't have to be with me. I don't have to be with you, right? You do this when you first see them get on the bus, right? That first day of kindergarten or that first day of first grade, and you see them get on the bus, and you're snapping a million pictures, right? You see this when, when they start school. You see this when they get their driver's license. You saw this maybe last night when you're snapping pictures at prom, like, oh my gosh, my baby, you know? And, and, and you got these pictures because you, you, you're releasing them. Like, that's your job. That's our job, is to help our families grow that independence financially, 
That's, yeah, eventually, right? Um, relationally and spiritually. Luke 2.52, not a lot is in the Bible about Jesus growing up. There's like one verse, right? But listen to what it says. Luke 2, chapter 52. It says this. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. I mean, there's a lot packed in there. Jesus grew in wisdom. What does that mean? It means he was growing intellectually, right? There was things he was learning and applying in his life, right? Growth. Um, he was growing in stature. What does that mean? Yeah, he was eating his vegetables, okay? He was, he was, somebody was paying attention to his physical health in favor with God. Somebody's paying attention to his spiritual growth and in favor with people. Someone's paying attention to his social growth, right? His social, his healthy relationships, okay? I recently heard someone say this, though. Listen, especially if you're a parent, listen. They said most parents are raising their kids to 19. Most of us who have kids, you're raising them to 19. What he meant by that was your priorities and the activities you're involving your kids in, you're hoping gets them that scholarship. You're hoping gets them into that school. You're hoping gets them those good test scores. You're hoping that that gets them to something, to that award. You're hoping that that gives them a bank of experiences. You're only, but we're only raising our kids to about 19 or 20 years old, just past high school. And then what? They said we should be raising our kids to 30. Now think about that. I don't know, I don't know if you're a parent or, or not, but we should be raising our kids to 30. What if you were prioritizing, mentoring, and pouring into your children now in order for them to get to the person that they'll be when they're 30 years old? What would you do differently? What would you value? What would you talk about? How would you spend your time? Helping them to grow in character and in heart to be the men and the women that you want them to be. Something to think about. And you do this in a couple of different ways. One is by your example in your home. By your example. You know, when Jesus in John chapter 13, he gets down on his knees and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. All right? And they ask him, what are you doing? And he says, I'm doing this for you as an example that you would do for others what I am doing for you, that you would serve people. I'm giving you an example. Someone else said this. They said that lessons in your home are caught, not taught. Think about that. The lessons that you exemplify in your home are caught, not taught. What does that mean? It means what you say matters, but what you model matters more. And how you teach the people in your home and your children what it looks like to be generous and what it looks like to respect and to love other people and what it looks like to love Jesus Christ and to serve him first. Those are the things that your children and the people in your home will pick up on, whether you talk about it or not. The lessons in your home are caught, not taught. So it happens by example, but it also, hap it also happens through conversation. 
It also happens through conversation. Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, you, you know, what, what, what's being said there is, he says, talk about the word of God when you're going to bed, when you wake up, when you're on your way someplace, when you're sitting at meals. Talk about the word of God all the time. So let me ask you this without a raising of hands. How many of you talk in your homes or with your kids about the things of God, about the things that Jesus wants for your life? How many of you have those conversations in your home on the way to practice, on the way here or there or before bed? How many of us only talk about Jesus stuff here on Sunday mornings? It matters. Example and by conversation. We have coming up this Wednesday a unique opportunity. If you are part of our White Oak family, um, and you have a teenager, middle school or high school, we're doing a parent meeting um, on Wednesday night at 6.45 in our, in our office here in Ross, just to meet with parents, um, to hear from you, to talk to you, and to um, begin to say, what, what does it look like for White Oak to partner with parents, right? With parents, you're the number one spiritual influence in your children's life. We want to be a part of that. How can we partner together? So this is some things we're talking about, all right, and, and invite you to, to come this Wednesday, 645, to our Ross office. Also, right here, out, out here in the lobby, across from the hub, when you leave today, on your left side, there's a table up there that's just got some information about things going on this summer for children and teenagers here at White Oak. And you may want to check that out and see what tools there can fuel the faith of your kids. Here's the next one. Great families protect each other. Great families protect each other. Listen to this. This came from Solomon as well, so we're back to Ecclesiastes. It says this, chapter 4, verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now some of us in our homes, in your house, you're really good at protecting the educational future of the people there. Some of us can have concerns about protecting the financial future of the people in our home. We'll protect the health of our families. Some of us may be better than others. All right, we'll protect their social futures by making sure they have the experiences that everyone can post on Instagram later. All right? But what about the things that matter most? Who's protecting the purity in the people in your home? Who's protecting the character and the integrity of the people in your house? Who's protecting the faith? You see, men, women, moms, dads, grandparents, teenagers, listen, listen. We need to be doing a better job at protecting the people in our home and the things that matter most. See, most of our homes are at a tipping point with a great imbalance, aren't they? We spend lots of time on Netflix. Too much Netflix, too much busyness, too much time on social media or online or the number of kids who are allowed to take iPads and phones up into their room with full internet access blows my mind. And we spend a lot of time 
on those things, too many excuses, and not enough people, all of us, protecting the people in our home for what matters most. You're in a battle for your family. And I know that you feel that, whether you're a person of faith or not. And no one will protect your family if you don't. It's no one else's job, and I promise no one else wants to do it. Great families protect each other. Here's the last one. Great families serve God and others. Great families serve God and others. Teach your kids and the people in your home that it's not all about you, right? It's about God. It's not all about you. I said this uh, several months ago, and I'm sure you remembered, but I, said, <laughs> I, I thought about this a lot, that we are probably in danger of raising what is the most narcissistic generation ever, right? We're in danger of raising the most narcissistic, it's all about me generation that has ever lived. Because, listen, listen, this is not their fault, okay? This is not their fault. We have to own that, okay? Because I have access to anything and everything I want instantly online. I have access to anything I want instantly online. I am the center of my own Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat world. I am the center of it. My son showed me this video the other day and it's like filled with controversy, but there's this, there's this woman who um, her, her Instagram account was shut down. She had multiple thousands of followers and she's pleading um, on social media, just weeping. And I mean, it's like crazy hard to watch in this profanity too. But, um, but because her Instagram account was shut down, she didn't think she had anything else in life, right? And so she's just like, just in tears. Where have we, like, wh where have we come? It's here. At that place. I mean, some of our children or some of the people in our homes can, can probably say, and they wouldn't because they don't care, but they could say, I don't think my parents have had a quality time together in five years, right? And some of you who are married and don't have kids sometimes feel that way, right? Because every weekend, who rules the calendar? Who rules the schedule? Who dictates what you do with every moment of your Friday and Saturday and Sunday? It's the kids. We're in danger of raising the most narcissistic generation that has ever lived because they really will believe, based on our actions, not necessarily our words, that the world revolves around them. And I am not going to bash your family vacation choices, but hear me out on this. I'm concerned. I'm just cautious. I want to be cautious about other things that I hear with my family and yours. That families aren't really taking family vacations sometimes anymore. Like Joey's soccer tournament in Florida, like that's our family vacation. And I'm thinking, okay. But man, there was a time that my parents threw us in the car and we went to the Smoky Mountains and just had fun. Be careful. Be careful. Life isn't about you, it's about God. Life is about what God has done for you and how you can reflect God to others. That's what life is about. Model it for the people in your home. Talk about it with the people in your home. A family who serves God and others together is on their way to greatness. But listen, listen, 
This is not going to happen if you don't fight for it. This is why we wanted to talk about this at the beginning of our series for home improvement. All right? Because none of this that we've talked about today will happen unless you fight for it. Unless you are willing, as a man or a woman, as a husband or wife, as a mom and a dad, to take the road less traveled. Right? If you don't start saying no to some things and start saying yes to the things that matter most, this will not happen in your home. And at some point, the people in your home or your kids are going to go through the tough stuff that life throws at them. And they're going to need a foundation. They're going to need the knowledge. They're going to need the example. They're going to need the people. They're going to need the places. They're going to need a savior who will walk through that tough stuff with them. And in those moments, a soccer ball is not going to save them. And a great career choice will not make them better parents. And a lot of money will not save their marriages. But you and I have the power to improve that. See, choosing today means that choosing is not about perfecting, but about progressing. Choosing today, choosing is not about perfecting, it's about progressing. Choosing to follow Jesus Choosing to, to, to line your home up with what God says is best and true, that doesn't mean your family's going to be perfect. It's not. And you know it. And I know it. So let's just move past that. There are no perfect families. But it does mean that you're progressing. It does mean that every day you're choosing today. You're saying, today we're going to do this. Today I want to make it better. Today I want to make this step. And you'll fail. You'll screw it up. And you feel like you took three steps back and then you just plow ahead and take those next step forward. In the Old Testament, one of Israel's leaders, Joshua, says this to his people. In Joshua chapter 24, he says this to Israel. Maybe you've heard it, and if you haven't, I think you're going to love it. Listen to what he says. It says, serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will, you, will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Listen, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Listen, we're going to go into a time of reflection right here, and here's what we're going to do. Here's, I'm going to ask you to do two things today. Man, I mean, I, I love this series. I love the conversations we're going to be having. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Here's the first thing I'm going to ask all of us to do is that you come back next week. We're going to be talking about some fun, some serious, some good stuff about families, about homes, about your future, of what you want your home to be, all right? And that you would just be here next week, be here for this series, okay? That's number one. Number two is I'm just going to pray here right now for us. I'm going to pray, and here's what I want to ask you to do. Listen, everybody in the room, I don't care, I don't care where you are, what season of life you're in, you have family, you have a home. Here's what I want to ask everybody in the room to do. If you're ready today, if you're ready to choose today for your home, for your family, for your children, for your marriage, for your future kids or marriage someday, for your grandchildren, if you're ready to choose today, we're going to pray here in a minute. And I'm just going to ask you if you would just, while our eyes are closed, okay, my eyes are going to be closed. You don't have to pray with your eyes closed, by the way. Sometimes it just helps you concentrate. God hears you, eyes open, FYI. But I'm going to close my eyes, 
And I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. And we're going to pray or you just listen to us pray. And I'm going to ask if, if today, if you say, man, I, I don't know how to do this. I mean, I've got a few tips right now, right? And I'm going to come for the rest of the series. But if today, you say, I'm going to choose today. I'm just going to ask you while we pray that you would just put your hand up. I'm not going to look, all right? But, but you would just, it's just between you and God, that you would just put your hand up. And it, we, 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 what, what you're doing there is you're saying, I am claiming today that today is day one. I'm choosing today that my family will serve the Lord, all right? Today is day one for me. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. You aren't promised one day. You keep saying, well, one day when we get through this or when I, no. one day is never going to happen. Okay? It will happen by a choice. The things we talk about today, the, thing, the things that God says is best and true for us, it will happen because we have made a choice. And when I pray right now, if you said, yes, I don't know what it means yet, I'm not even sure necessarily what it looks like, but today is day one for me and my family. We are going to aim our lives at the Lord. As I pray, just put your hand up. Just put your hand up and let's talk to God together. Pray with me. Father, God, you know, um, every struggle, every hurt, every, every battle, every challenge that we have as men and women, moms, dads, husbands, wives, grandmas and grandpas, young women and young men, those who are just the pain and the difficulty that is home and family. God, you know that. And God, I know that every person who has chosen just to put their hand up toward heaven, Father, and those who have not, God, you know where we are. Take us in that place, Father. Just show up in our weak and tired and, and skeptical faith. We ask you to show up, Father. Because left on our own, we do not know how to be wise. and We do not know how to chase after what is good. But Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit and your power would pour over us, Father. Help us to choose. Because our families are worth choosing. God, we thank you that you chose us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that makes us your chosen family and your children. We thank you for Jesus who forgives us. It's in the power of his name that we pray. Amen.